When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Cupid comes in many different forms, and one of them looks like Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Did he play matchmaker for Taylor and Travis? And here's a question. Is 300 partners in one year too much loving for one woman? Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. We have made it to Hump Day, which actually is a very appropriate day for one of the stories we will be getting into later on in the show. As you all know, I'm Charlie Arnold, and joining me in studio today, and not to mention, just not just today, tomorrow as well. If you'll have me tomorrow as well, Charlie. We'll, we will find out. Yeah. Uh, Dave Ross, who I have known for, well, too long to even... Imagine yeah. at this point. Yeah, I've got the gray hairs, Charlie. You have not aged quite like I have. You you have much better. As I have one. I, older, I have one gray hair. You have one gray hair. Yes, I, I saw. I saw it. it yesterday. We go back to 2008. Wow. At, at our Fox days back in DC. So lots changed then. They don't even have the same team name anymore. I think they've had like three iterations of the team name yes, since we're yes. covering the Washington Football Team. Yeah, and actually we're gonna have a guy tune in or, or yeah. chime in rather later who was who was a member of the Redskins team when I was there and also you were there we so covered him this is like we're, we're all coming full circle here if you will um okay but you flew in from Vegas yeah, and you just you just got in like middle of the night Charlie for you I will show up in the middle of the night on two hours sleep have a cup of coffee and we rock and roll uh, that's all you need sometimes that's a cup of coffee just get 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 the mind churning yeah. Get but the you, blood flowing. But you know what this is like doing the Vegas to, to New York thing, obviously, when you do your UFC stuff. And it is wild coming back to the East Coast because once you get out on the West Coast, like I've been out for two years, you get so conditioned to that time difference. Yeah. And then you come back to the East Coast, and you're like, what time is this game on? Oh, yeah. Like, wait a minute. Everything's over out there, like 5 p.m. out here. It's 10, 11. The West Coast definitely has it better in terms of the, the game times and all that because Absolutely I feel like it's best. nicer to be able to be done earlier, whereas, you know, if I want to watch... Monday night football, I've got to be up till 11.30 at night, and for the purposes of being here on set, it doesn't really you just root for prove no to be so conducive. You just, like, get, end the game. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's get into the first story okay. here. Um, there was a big surprise from the NCAA yesterday. Cal, if you could run the prompter. Uh, but let me tell you, uh, and I also want to tell America, yeah. because this is this is something I feel very passionately about. Uh, there's, there's something very special about people named Charlie, and I am... <laughs> not talking about myself, although, let's be honest, I am pretty great, guys. Um, I'm talking about NCAA President Charlie Baker, formerly the governor of Massachusetts. So Baker was on Capitol Hill yesterday for discussion on NIL, but the conversation turned to transgendered athletes and Riley Gaines' congressional testimony from earlier this year. So listen in to what Senator Josh Hawley's exchange with was between him and Baker during that meeting. kind. Earlier this year, this committee her testimony from a 12-time All-American swimmer, Riley Gaines. She testified that in March of 2022 at the National Championships where she was swimming, she was forced to share a locker room with a biological male, Leah Thomas. Let me just read from her testimony. In addition to being forced to give up our awards, our titles, and our opportunities, the NCAA forced me and my fellow swimmers to share a locker room with Thomas. 
let me be clear, we were not forewarned, we were not asked for our consent, and we, women, did not give our consent. Is that still NCAA policy? Well, first of all, I'm not going to defend what happened in 2022. Um, I wasn't there. I was still governor of the Commonwealth. What I will say is we have very specific rules and standards around the safety and security of all our student athletes, and anyone who hosts one of our national championships has to know, has to accept that they know what they are and then abide by them accordingly. But and and does that include? female athletes having to share locker rooms with biological males not being warned or consent do they are they asked for their consent i don't believe that um i don't believe that policy uh would be the policy we would use today currently not in correct in, yeah all right finally what seems like a transparent conversation between two people who are looking to make some progress here. This is fantastic if you ask me. Now, no specific guidelines were laid out in terms of Baker's plan to protect female athletes moving forward, but it's clear locker rooms are not going to be shared. So Dave, again, a step in the right direction, but maybe not enough to make up for all the past transgressions at this point. Could you imagine us having this conversation 15 years ago? I mean, that, it's like the theater of the absurd. That's what I just can't yeah. get over, how hard, this should not be that, that hard to, to figure out. And the fact that we keep having these conversations on Capitol Hill to try to figure this out when it's common sense. Yeah. Right. So I am glad that they're taking that step in the right direction. But Charlie, for the life of me, I just don't know how hard this is. And to that point, you would think an apology would Absolutely. be coming for the, the real women that have been affected by this. But no, not yet. Take a listen to the uh, NCAA president. I'd like to know, first, have you apologized uh, to those female athletes and any others similarly situated? or the trauma that was inflicted on them as a result of those decisions by NCAA? Again, Senator, um, I'm not going to speak to or defend what happened in 22. That's not my question. I'm asking whether you've apologized. I understand that. I don't know. I'm assuming you're asking when you say you, you mean the NCAA. Yes. Yes. I don't know the answer to that question. I'll have to get back to okay. you. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, so, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Just say yes. We, we apologize to anybody that's been been harmed by this. Somebody like Riley Gaines, we, it should be so easy, such a layup, just to say, yes, all you have to do is, if you were affected by this, we're sorry. And we're going to try to do better in the future so this doesn't happen from what we, just make good for the mistakes of the past so they don't happen again in the future. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, I'm going to go on just a little bit of okay. a spiel right now uh, because I'm with you totally uh, to think that no apology was given uh, for the past behavior, which is quite disgusting by the NCAA, is really pathetic. Uh, I understand why someone like Riley Gaines would be upset by that. She made that very clear. Uh, she even posted yesterday about the absence of an apology from Baker mm. or the former NCAA president, Mark Emmert. Uh, but I suppose it makes sense that Baker is taking baby steps in this situation because despite this being a very black and white and simple issue to solve that's my opinion, and I know the opinion of many others, including yours, Dave. Mm -hmm. Keeping biological keeping biological men out of women's sports. Many others do not see it that way. So again, not surprised that someone in a position like Baker is choosing to tread lightly. But the fact is, he already said he didn't defend what happened to Riley Gaines or any of her peers in 2022. In no way he can backtrack from that now, because Baker is not only a conservative, but he has a daughter. And I know he would never want to find her in a situation where she is forced to compete against a biological man, let alone share a locker room with one. So 
All this being said, I am going to chalk this one up as a win for Team <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Thank goodness, right? And so, yeah, and we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago too, Charlie. Like the first time that I see, and again, maybe it's happened, but I'm not aware of it, that we find a biological woman that wants to transition into men's sports, mm-hmm. that will be the first. I have still not seen that. It's like, it feels like the Harlem Globetrotters against the Washington Generals. It's like a thousand to zero. So if that ever happens, then I will sit corrected. But as we stand today, Charlie, I still have not seen that. So until it happens, I'm not going to believe. It just feels like this is a ruse. We all know it's a ruse right now to get into women's sports. And I, I think it's pretty obvious to people right now what's been happening, not only in the NCAA, uh, but also elsewhere. But to that end, let's bring in Amber Harding from Outkick as a writer here. And Amber, I want to get your thoughts first and foremost of what you heard from the NCAA president. And is that good enough for you to at least begin the apology process, if you will? Chair, and it's a step in the right direction. Oh, we can't. Oh, there we go. It does. Oh, sorry. It, it does give me a little bit of Sir Sorry, Amber. Amber can, yeah, can you start over just because we didn't get to hear you speaking at the very beginning? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so it is it, it is at the very least a, a breath of fresh air. It's a step in the right direction. And um, I, it does give me a little bit of a pause that he didn't apologize. But at the same time, I'm not sure it's his job to apologize for what the, the previous leadership did. You look at someone like Mark Emmert, mm-hmm. who was a huge part of the problem. When all that happened with Leah Thomas in March of 2022, Mark Emmert wrote a letter where he said, we unequivocally support the participation of transgender athletes in collegiate sports. So then later at the NCAA Woman of the Year event, he, Mark Emmert, came up to Riley Gaines and said, hey, keep fighting. We support you. And she's like, that, that's so ironic because you're literally the one we're <laughs> fighting against. So it was just like he knew it was wrong the whole time, but it's so much easier to hide behind that shield of equity and inclusion instead of standing up for fairness and common sense. Yeah, and I think also by maybe apologizing, he's also taking on some of that responsibility from the past when, like you mentioned, he wasn't there. And and it's really not his burden to carry, unfortunately. It would be nice to hear him apologize, but we also know when you apologize, you're also uh, putting that onto your shoulders. And maybe in this case, that's not and probably isn't something he wants to take on. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And he when you if he apologizes, if he comes right out and apologizes for it, then that sets a precedent that he is going to enact a, a policy that is going to change that. Now, I think that he will, but I think there's going to be some roadblocks he's going to have. He's not the be all end all of the NCAA. There are going to be other people that this is going to have to go through. So I think that he's just kind of towing the line right now because he has to. But so far, I like everything I'm hearing from Charlie Baker. Amber, what do you think the next step would be, though? Because if it feels like this is a process and we're now beginning that process, what do you think is the next logical step? I mean, I think the next logical step is either to, I think it's, I don't know that they're actually going to ban transgender athletes altogether from the female category, but I think there's a strong possibility that they could create another category, whether that be a Mm non-binary or just a kind of a free-for-all category. We've seen them do that with some of the some of the cycling races and things like that where they've created a non-binary category. Not surprisingly, it's always a biological male who wins in the non-binary category as well. (laughs) But I think that's that's an option to at least keep our female athletes. 
um, feeling safe and feeling like their rights and their privacy are protected, um, not only on the playing field or in the swimming pool, but also in the locker room and in their own private spaces. Well, it's interesting because I, I can't recall what the exact instance was, but lately there was some type of sporting competition where they did have a transgendered category and absolutely no one signed up for it. Uh, so I think it's clear that these biological men, it's not that they just want to be able to express their identity as, as they feel inside. I mean, I guess that's, you know, what's happening here, this this idea of gender dysmorphia. Uh, but it's the fact that they specifically want to enter into women's competition because that's where they find they'll have an advantage. So uh, I think it's very clear by no one signing up for the transgendered category uh, what their ultimate goal is here. Uh, but speaking of ultimate goals, it's also interesting because it's kind of confusing as to what the NFL's ultimate goal is. Uh, they have such large fan bases built up across the country, uh, yet they are considering holding a Super Bowl in London. And I know that they're attempting to build up their international audience, but if you ask me, this makes no sense. It's almost like putting the UEFA Champions League finals in the United States. Like, Can you make any sense of this, Amber? No, you nailed it. That's exactly right. It makes absolutely no sense to have the championship of of our sport. We did not fight in the Revolutionary War, Charlie, to give the British our Super Bowl, right? <laughs> so I think it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and when I first heard that Roger Goodell said that the league was kicking around this idea, my first thought was, don't you dare. <laughs> um, it's The Super Bowl is so American. Yeah. But it's not just that. It's just that the, the Super Bowl brings in so much money for the cities that host them. And the NFL owners, they fight for the right to host that Super Bowl. Not literally, of course, although mm -hmm. that would be entertaining. Can you imagine Robert Kraft and, uh, <laughs> and Mark Davis in the octagon? Um, maybe they should do that. Uh, but no, they, what I mean by that is that they invest, they invest a lot of money in their mega stadiums and the infrastructure around them. And they see getting to host a Super Bowl as sort of a reward for that. So I can't, I can't see it actually happening. I can't see the owners allowing it to happen unless they actually put an NFL franchise in London. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that one. Well, that's the other thing, too, is we always sent them bad football, Amber, for a lot of years, the Jaguars. Yeah. Now the Jaguars are actually good, so we're giving England a little bit of a better product this time around. By the way, uh, you're a big Dolphins fan from what I understand, right? One, are you guys going to beat the Eagles? And two, is this the new greatest show on turf like we saw years ago with Kurt Warner and the Bob and Weave St. Louis Rams? I'm sure hoping I like this is this is the most excited I've been about football in a long time. I have been living in, in mediocrity <laughs> with Miami Dolphin football for so long. And so now to be able to actually get excited about games on Sunday is is a world that I have never experienced. It's like, is this what it's like to be a Patriots fan for 20 years? You know, so I, I think it's great. Yeah. I, I love I love Tua. I love Tyreek and I will defend them to the death as far as um, MVP <laughs> nods and things like that. Uh, and I think it's good. I think it's good that there's a changing of the guard. You know, I mentioned I mentioned New England and it it feels so good, not just because I'm a Dolphins fan, but it feels so good to see teams that weren't good not maybe not historically but just here as recently in the past 10 years or so starting to see some success we're seeing that with the dolphins we're seeing that with the lions and i just i love to see different teams actually doing well and not the same ones winning year after year after year just beat the eagles as a cowboy fan that's all i ask for monday night that's all i want oh i didn't realize you my best are you a cowboys fan die hard so oh. speaking of teams that haven't won in a while it's been since 1995 Oh, okay. Well, I'm a Colts fan, so oh, yeah. I don't have any great things to say about my team either right now. <laughs>
Um, but okay, we're not just talking about like the Sunday games. There's there's oh, some, yeah. there's a controversy happening with games that are being played on Saturday this fall, Dave. Oh, yeah, that's what I've been aware of because it looks like here that um, essentially Donovan McNabb. Wait, did he say something about? Um, no, no, no. There's there's Amber actually oh. was the one who said it. She has a column coming out, and and she's asking the question: Should fall weddings oh, be allowed? Yes. On college football game days, because a lot of people they just want to they just want to chill. That's right. It. For me, this is like putting your wedding on a holiday weekend. Like, listen, I understand that there's an extra a little bit of extra time off, and it makes sense to hold the <laughs> wedding. But I don't want to spend my holiday weekend at your wedding, just like a lot of football fans, I'm sure, don't want to spend their game days at your wedding. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I actually, I just got married in February, and that was that was one of oh. my considerations when we were trying to figure out. A date. We obviously wanted to avoid holidays, but I wanted to avoid big games too. Like we actually did ours the weekend before Super Bowl Sunday, um, not the weekend of Super Bowl Sunday. And I was very, I was very uh, careful to make sure that I didn't coincide with any of those. But um, in addition to being a Dolphins fan, I'm also a, um, a Tennessee Vols fan. I went to Tennessee, and um, this is actually the second year in a row that I have been invited to a wedding that I have to go to on the third Saturday in October. If you're an SEC fan, you know, that's Tennessee, Alabama. This is the second year in a row that I will be watching the game Ooh. sneaky on my phone <laughs> during the wedding. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like you're not going to be the only one, though. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, that's acceptable. I'm here in Nashville, so I, I don't think I don't think I'll be the only one. Now, I love weddings. I love my friends. They should just don't have like a wrong. table. They should just have a table. Like if you want to watch the game, like. Hey, I know there's a sign seating, but like if you want to watch the game, like we have like a mini screen being set up over here that I don't know. Well, I, I think that's acceptable. Well, true story. I actually skipped a friend's wedding, Katie Barnes. I apologize. Uh, and I told her flat out it was just a regular Sunday game for the Cowboys and Seahawks. I wasn't going to the game. I was just watching it on TV. And Amber, my thought process was if I go to her wedding and the Cowboys lose, that's on me. So like, I can't imagine for SEC fans, this feels like sacrilege. Yeah, it, it really, it really does. And last year we actually, you know, the Tennessee Alabama game has been a pretty one-sided rivalry for a long time. And then mm -hmm. um, Tennessee actually won last year. So in the middle of this wedding reception, I am <laughs> losing my mind. Just so excited. I asked, it was actually my nephew's wedding and, um, I asked him for permission to have the DJ play Rocky Top. And he was drunk enough at that point, he didn't care. So he was like, yeah, go for it. Um, so we were playing Rocky Top and singing along and <laughs> oh cheering God, on the balls. But uh, hopefully we get a repeat this year. Okay, so speaking of weddings, Amber, this happened yesterday. Listen, maybe weddings is a stretch to even mm. make this comparison already, but uh, people's minds are going there because... Uh, conspiracy theorists are alive and well as it pertains to Trailer, uh, the new coupling of Travis and Taylor. And yesterday, Donovan McNabb on his Five Spot podcast, which airs right here on Outkick, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid spilled the beans on setting up Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Listen to this. So, I mean, I have to ask the question, which is annoying to me, but have you become a Swifty? <laughs> you know what? Uh, like you, I mean, I knew her from Philadelphia. You know, I yeah. think I, her dad was a big NFL fan. So I had met her when she was real young and and uh, and her dad. And so, you know, I joked about setting Kelsey up, but I'm, you know, I'm just saying, you know. You know <laughs> See, that's that's something people don't know that, you know, her dad. Yeah, right. She's sitting in the box. She looks confused of what's going on, but she cheers with the rest of, uh, of all yeah. the family members. 
Yeah, she's a good girl, man. She's she's into it, and that's uh, we're glad she's here. Amber, should we be getting Andy Reid into the matchmaking business? I mean, maybe so, but you know, I think there's a lot of people who want to take credit for that relationship. I yesterday mm -hmm. I saw yep. Aaron Aaron Andrews was on the Today Show yesterday, and she said that she mm -hmm. takes credit for it because in her podcast, <laughs> oh, of course, it all oh, because she did, she mentioned it. Yeah. Yep. Back when Travis Kelsey was trying to give his phone number to Taylor at the Eras tour in Kansas City, um, he couldn't get to her. And so Aaron Andrews went on her podcast and she said that, um, you know, Travis is a really great guy. Give him a chance. Do it for America, Taylor. And then sure enough, <laughs> it ended up it ended up happening. So um, Aaron Andrews is taking credit, too. So maybe maybe it was a joint effort and, and part of a lot of people. Well, whoever ultimately gets the credit. That's pretty awesome, right? I mean, they've done volumes for NFL ratings, oh especially bringing in that new audience of women. Uh, but listen, you can catch The Five Spot featuring Donovan McNabb, which you just saw a clip from right here on Outkick.com. New episodes dropping every Tuesday and Friday, including the most recent one with Andy Reid, who coached McNabb all those years in Philly. Amber, we have to ask you before we let you go, over your shoulder there, what do you uh, pop that wine for? Is that just for a casual night or is that a, a, a victory on a Saturday? This is a lovely painting. Um, I think it's from TJ oh. Maxx. Um, <laughs> but I don't need a special occasion to pop wine. Um, wine and, and Miller Lite, those, those are my drinks of choice. So uh, I will be popping plenty of wine on Saturday at this wedding and hopefully be celebrating a Tennessee win. Yeah, sneak a peek of the game. And uh, by the way, go fish. Get the, the Dolphins need to beat the Eagles on Monday. We appreciate it, Amber. Thanks for Your the time. to God's ears. Thanks so much for having me. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh my gosh. Just beat the Eagles, please. I, now that I, I, I actually forgot. I think I, I knew you were a Cowboys oh, fan. And working in D.C. for all those years, it was like incognito. So some oh, of the, you have to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, but some of the guys in the locker room would figure it out, right? Like Lorenzo Alexander, Pro yeah. Bowler. Yeah. And uh, we were in Dallas the year that RG3, rookie year, whipped the Cowboys, and I was there okay. doing the postgame show. And I go, you know, Lorenzo, a lot of people didn't think you guys could win the game. He goes, I know, you didn't because you're a Cowboy fan. <laughs> I'm like, this is like, we, you can't blow my cover you, like yeah, that you, in the middle you had of your D.C. Cover blown. Yeah. Wow. I was like, Zoe, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, here. that's not going to lead to a, a happy work environment for you if, if the rest of the team learns about that. And I got a lot of flack for that back in D.C., but I think it was kind of fun because it adds to the rivalry, right? It, it, I, I definitely did. And I, I know everyone really got along with you well, so I, I don't think it really affected you yeah, try, uh, when it all came down to it. Try to keep it professional. Uh, okay, but let's stay with Donovan McNabb okay. because I actually caught up with him yesterday. Mm. And as a quarterback, I felt like he could shed some light on the Jets' evolved situation under center. So listen to what he had to say about this. I think Zach Wilson has nine lives. Um, just think of that draft class. That draft class, nobody is standing out. Trey mm -hmm. Lance has been traded. Justin Fields has been up and down, which they're he trying to He just got injured again. Yeah. 
Mac Jones is struggling. Um, just that draft class alone at the quarterback position has been one in the, which, you know, a lot of people are going to be talking about, I think, in the next five years of where are they now? Um, and I think for Zach, the best thing that happened for him, which I've never truly seen this happen before, being a first-round draft pick and a high pick, for them to bring a veteran in and to say, we're going to allow him to learn and sit back and, and just kind of be a backup. So if Aaron was healthy and Aaron decided to play another three years, you're going to have your top 15 quarterback that you drafted just sit behind Aaron. I mean, that is the best job in America, if you ask me. Yeah, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like you just collecting checks. You do scout team. Hey, I'm in, in the meetings. Yeah, I'm learning. Yeah, everything's good. And you're probably hoping that Aaron doesn't get hurt. Well, Aaron does get hurt the fourth or fifth play of the game. And so Zach, to me, when he went in, I thought the pressure was so heavy on his shoulders that everyone else kind of looked at Zach and was like, and they were hoping that things would work out. But what I've seen over the last three weeks is I've seen Hackett decide to dumb down the offense, mm -hmm. simplify it a little bit more, allow him to just get the ball out of his hands with quick reads, uh, and then deciding to run the football a little all right, so things are actually looking way better than expected in New York, at least as far as the Jets are concerned. We're not talking about the Giants no. here. Uh, were you surprised to see that Zach Wilson has seemed to come out of his shell a little bit more? It seems like mentally he's gotten to a better place because that was my big thing is, you know, I knew he obviously had the physical talent. Yeah. I mean, he was came out of the draft as, you know, one of the most Second touted overall. quarterback. Exactly. Um, but I was worried that mentally he just kept getting caught up, and, and that seemed to be a lot of the problem. But now, I don't know, maybe he's well. I mean, you know, catching it. a stride. You know what it's like to be in New York, right? It's a pressure cooker. And you come in from BYU, and you're second overall pick, and Donovan knows. I mean, he knows what it's like to get booed on draft day in Philadelphia. And then all he does is have success in Philadelphia, and it's never enough in cities like New York and Philadelphia. Mm -hmm, right. And I look at Zach Wilson now, and I go, I think teams would love to have the quality of a backup that Zach Wilson is. I don't know that Zach Wilson's ever going to be the guy that's going to be an alpha like a Brady or yeah, Rodgers, yeah, yeah. but I think as a backup quarterback, and you see how many teams need backup quarterbacks now in the league, they're worth their weight in gold right now. Like Gardner Minshew in Indianapolis, you know this, right? Richardson's out, and all of a sudden you got to go to a trusted you had to veteran. Go, you had to go there. I did, because Richardson looks like he's going to be a stud, but that's the point. You need some of these guys like the Minshews, like the Zach Wilsons. We'll find out if Trey Lance can at least be a backup in the league. It's hard to find the right guy, and that's why they waste top-end talent yeah. to Donovan's point of second, third, first overall picks. I mean, I think that having the life of a backup seems... Not bad. A ...cush, right? Yeah. You still get paid really well. Yeah, you do. Uh, you're still at all the games. You still get to be a part of all of the excitement that surrounds being a quarterback. But you're still... Come on. I mean, you're still not... The starting quarterback, which is a little bit of a blow to the Eagle when you were drafted second overall. True, but if you remember this back even in the D.C. days, I remember they had a guy named John Beck, and they had Rex Grossman was the guy, came over from the Bears, and they're like, uh, what did you think of John Beck? And I said, oh, I'd vote for him for president, but I don't want him to be my quarterback. Like that's It's the job. He was the great backup until they found out he couldn't play. So backup right. quarterbacks are great until they show you why they're backup yep. quarterbacks. Well, there you go. Uh, and if they're showing you that they can't play, then yeah, there's uh, maybe even a backup is, is too great of a job.
but, uh, for some of those but people. But you nail it. Hold on to that clipboard as long as you can and just cash those checks. Oh, absolutely. I, I'll be a backup quarterback. If anyone <laughs> needs me, I will happily be your backup. Uh, but, They're going to need you in India at this uh, point. But Donovan, point. obviously, lots of great things to say, and that was just a little snippet of all of the amazing comments that he had to make, and we had a whole... I think like 15 minute long interview and that's going to be airing later on this week right here on Outkick the Morning. So looking forward to what he has to say uh, as far as the rest of that goes. Mm -hmm. uh, but listen, there's something that I do at the end of every show. What do you have? I always leave people with like a very saucy type story. Oh. And, and saucy makes sense because. That's know. my nickname. Um, okay, everybody, I need you to brace yourselves for this story because oh, it's, no. it's really pretty bizarre. Okay. okay, so there is a 26-year-old woman in Australia. Her name is Annie Knight. She is on OnlyFans. So that being said, this shouldn't be so surprising, but please wait for it. Annie is bragging about having slept with 300 people in one year. What? 300. That is basically one person a day, but she didn't even space them out to that degree. She admitted to sleeping with five people in one day. And FYI, I say people because Annie does not discriminate. She sleeps with both men and with women. And the best part is she refers to this promiscuous lifestyle as empowering. Uh, yeah, I'd be empowered to go get checked for STDs, but <laughs> not much else empowering about this behavior. But this is the mentality that is being developed among women. Uh, they are out to prove they can do anything a man can. Uh, if you could put me on camera for this, that would be great uh, because I feel very strongly about this. Uh, women are always out to prove that they can do what a man can, uh, though it's very hypocritical because if you ask me, because I would bet that if a man did do this and had this type of behavior that he was engaging in, uh, women would be the first people to immediately call him toxic. Uh, now, I would also love to know the family dynamic of Annie because strong chances are she didn't have a strong male role model growing up as she would have learned the degeneracy is the ultimate form of self-respect. And again, she's 26. I have no clue if and when she intends to get married, but this is going to be a hard sell for a future husband or even wife for that matter since she considers herself bisexual, uh, who has even an ounce of regard for themselves. And let's be honest, Annie, if you slept with 300 people in one year, how many in your lifetime? Ouch. Don't Ouch. do that math. All I can think about is Wilt Chamberlain. Because Wilt said 10, he had 10,000 women. And I'm like, how do you do the math? If you do the, like, don't do the math. You don't want to do the math because it's disgusting. And you go, okay, I know you're, you're trying to brag with your boys a little bit, but 10,000. Do, do you think that that was real, 10,000? That was like, that's the, the legend, yeah. right, of Wilt. And it's like, uh, that, that's almost statistically impossible. I mean, that's just, okay, first of all. A, you, you don't have time for a nap. I was going to say, first of all, it's just beyond the idea of, like, that's just gross. Yes, and, yes, besides um, all of that. Th like, that's one thing. Uh, but just, how do you, I do like, do you have know. to schedule appointments? Or, like, do you literally just have to, like, go onto the street and be like, hey, you, come I've got, with me. I've got a 6 o'clock. we got to get this in. Because otherwise, I just don't even see how, like, because apparently, um, Annie says she goes on dating apps and finds a lot of her she, people. Oh, boy. So, like, I guess you just have to, like, learn how to, to build up a, mm. a schedule in a way like that. Well, my, my question for Annie is why do you announce this? Like, why, is this just for the OnlyFans? Is this, does, does she think this is going to make her more profitable in that space by bragging about this? Because if it's true, you, you nailed it in, in your postscript, you, if you will. Like, you, you need to go uh, 
talk to some people outside of the people that you're spending your time with. Yeah, I think I think a lot, lot of, of I think there. a lot of people are obviously looking for fame and in their 15 minutes. And I think yes. for her, this is her way of getting her 15 minutes. But it's it's just really disgusting, and I think she doesn't realize the huge disservice she's doing to herself for later on in life when she does realize. Well, because uh, those are real what, conversations you have with people that you actually end up spending time with. Yeah. Like, you don't necessarily want to go into the sordid past, but if you're bragging on OnlyFans, all they have to do three... is a quick Google search, and then they find out. Okay, actually, you lied to me. It wasn't. It wasn't your 15 people, like you said. It was actually 315 uh, in one year. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that was a. See, isn't it fun to leave people with these stories where they can just like really uh, ponder their lives? Oh, and... that makes me think of a lot of things. Like, oh boy, I, even if you think you're having a rough patch, patch you're not having it like Annie's having. No, it. That's no, no. not not good. A- Annie is in the roughest patches of them all. We need uh, to help the Annie's. We're in the world. not in a rough patch. No, we're good. Um, and all of you, obviously, good for coming to hang with us on Outkick the Morning. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, as you know, another show bright and early here tomorrow. Dave will be here once One again. One more day before I go back to Woo-hoo. Vegas. UFC 294 this weekend is going to be unbelievable. Huge weekend for UFC. Uh, everybody, before you go, though, please hit the subscribe button. Also, make sure you are signing up for the alerts because that is the only way you will get notifications when a show is airing, uh, even before it airs. Uh, so that's the way you can stay in control of watching Everything that goes down on Outkick the Morning. Also, leave a like, leave a comment. You can find me on social media at Charlie on TV. And everybody, with that, happy hump day. I told you hump day was going to make sense once I read that final story. Oh, it does it ever. Absolutely. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for being here and see you tomorrow. Hey, looking for the hottest sports book offers at Outkick? Find exclusive promotions, expert bets, latest odds, get in the game at outkick.com backslash bets. 